Well, Kathy's going to bring us our reading from Colossians chapter 4, and then James will come and preach. If you have a Bible with you, please turn to Colossians, the very end of the letter, beginning at verse 7, reading till the end of the book. Colossians 4, verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, See that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So I do bring the greetings of Buckingham Evangelical Church. I asked them this morning, shall I send you love? And they said yes. Uh, so we bring uh, greetings and love uh, from the church. I'm really grateful for the invite to come and uh, speak with you tonight. Uh, I'm grateful for the title of the passage, Encouraging One Another in Christ. That sounds a great thing to talk about. What I wasn't grateful to start about was this passage, uh, though. When Neil first gave it to me, I thought... Isn't it just Paul saying goodbye and a list of people's names? A list of people's names who Kathy and I have agreed. We're just going to pronounce whichever way we want uh, and just go with. But as he gave it to me, I thought, no wonder he wants to give this passage to a visiting preacher. (laughs) Now, this isn't the normal way Paul uh, signs off his letters uh, in the New Testament. Uh, Romans is probably closest to the way he does here, but actually even Romans has a a doxology to finish. You will know some of the great endings of Paul's letters in the book of Galatians. He finishes with this wonderful declaration where he says, May I never boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Ephesians, we've hinted at it tonight. He finishes with this great degree. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power and the might. Put on the whole armor of God. Wonderful, great finishes to books of the Bible. But here Paul doesn't do any of that. Paul talks about people. What you learn about Paul in the New Testament, though, is that he doesn't waste ink. You've probably seen it in the the layers you've studied Colossians. He fits as much into one sentence uh, as possible. 
And Paul's done this for a reason. And I believe that reason is what we're talking about tonight. It's all about encouragement. Encouragement is important. We've been reminded in the media this week uh, of another person in the public eye who took their own life last week. And it's been heavily alluded that one of the main reasons this happened was because of a heightenedness of unkind words of gossip and of uh, toxic hate that that person received through social media and the press. And you might have picked up that people have been finishing their tributes uh, with the hashtag or the line, be kind to each other. What a good idea. Be kind to each other. Of course, the Bible's been saying that for a while too, hasn't it? Kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, said, do to others as you would have them do to you. In Colossians, you've been reminded to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The Bible tells us the power of words. Proverbs tells us evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And into this, Paul finishes his letter to the Colossians. And into this world, God speaks to us today. And he says, encourage one another in Christ. So can I pray? And then we'll jump into the text. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that your word uh, is wonderful and powerful and relevant. As our world once again thinks what it means to be kind to one another, that we see that in your word. We see it as a fruit, as an evidence of your spirit. And we see it as an encouragement to us. We pray as we come to these uh, final words in Colossians, we pray that you would speak to us again. Encourage us through your word and help us to be encouragers. Challenge us by your word, by your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this last section, how do we look at it? I believe Paul wants to say a number of things to us on encouragement. And first off, I believe Paul wants to tell us, to tell the Colossians, and God wants to speak to us, that we are to encourage people. We're to encourage all people. We're to encourage all types of people. Paul knew the type of people he was writing to. And he knew that they needed encouragement. So he sends this letter, Colossians, to them. But how does it arrive? How does it get there? It comes through this man. Name number one on our list. Tychicus. You know, he's mentioned five times in the Bible. You might not have picked up on it. His main job, though, is delivering these letters that Paul writes to the church. Why Tychicus? Because he can read a map? Because he's a good runner? No. Because he's an encourager. Look at verse 8 in your passage. He says, I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstance and that he may encourage your hearts. It's a similar verse you find in Ephesians where Paul sends Tychicus again with the letter and says he's being sent for this purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. When Paul in the book of Acts is taking uh, a gift to the Jerusalem church, uh, he takes Tychicus with him. 
because he knows the believers in Jerusalem need encouragement. And Paul knows that the people in Colossians need encouragement, so he sends them Tychicus. But whilst Paul wants to encourage the church, he also wants them to be encouragers as well. He wants them to be encouragers to all sorts of people, just like he is doing. Let's go down the list. Name number two, Onesius. Who's coming with Tychicus? Onesius is coming. And who's Onesius? Told you these names would get us. It says you have to jump forward in your Bibles to the book of Philemon to see the answer to this one. There we see Onesius was Philemon's slave. A slave of Philemon's who had run away and most probably stolen from Philemon in the process. And somewhere along the lines, Onesius has met with Paul. And he's been converted. And Paul writes to Philemon in the book of Philemon a letter and he says, accept Onesius back with no charges, but now accept him back as a brother in Christ. We believe Philemon was a big player in the church in Colossae. Some even think the church in Colossae met in Philemon's house. So the church would have been very familiar with this story. So at a similar time that Paul is writing to Philemon, he writes here to the church and he tells them that Onesius is a faithful brother. The one they knew as the unreliable thieving slave is now their faithful brother. Paul says he's one of you. What he's saying to them is he's now one of you. They might not accept accepted it, but he says he, they, he is now one of you. And accept him as such. Encourage him as a brother in Christ. He's got a very different background from them in the church. And he's a baby, baby Christian. But the church's job is to encourage him. Encourage all people, all types of people. Who's next on the list? Aristarchus is next on the list. We're not told an awful lot about him in the Bible. We're told just three things. He's a Jewish believer. He's in prison alongside Paul. And then he brings comfort to Paul. It's an important lesson. Aristarchus is in chains, but he's an encourager. Sometimes in church settings, when we're going through a particularly hard time, we can become inward. We can think, I'm the one who needs encouraging now. And yes, we need brothers and sisters to encourage us. But Artachicus is, is an example to us that whilst he was suffering, he was able to be an encouragement to those who were around him in a similar situation. You see, the lesson is we can encourage others whilst we're in tough times ourselves. We can encourage them with our faith and our reliance on Jesus. With the common suffering, we can be an encouragement to all people. The list of names goes on. You see in verse 10, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. We know a bit more about him. He's known as John Mark uh, in the Bible. In the book of Acts, uh, when Peter is in prison uh, and the Christians are meeting to pray and Peter has this uh, remarkable, miraculous escape, we see that the Christians were meeting in John Mark's mum's house. Even his mum gets a mention. 
in chapter 13, when Paul and Barnabas in Acts were set aside to go on mission, they took John Mark with them. They leave. Twelve verses later, we see John Mark leave them and return to Jerusalem. We don't think much of that at that point until we get to the end of chapter 15 in Acts. And Paul and Barnabas are planning another trip to go and see the new Christians from their first visit. And Barnabas wants to take John Mark again. But Paul says no, because he previously deserted them. This agreement is so sharp that it separates your number one missionary couple of Paul and Barnabas. They go their separate ways. Yet here in Colossians, John Mark is on the list of people who have given comfort to Paul. And Paul says to them, if John Mark comes to visit them, they've received instructions what to do. And they're to welcome him. Now, no one is 100% sure what Paul means at that point. But most accept that the story of John Mark's abandonment was well known amongst the church. There's probably still a cloud over John Mark. He was known. He had a reputation as a deserter. But Paul says to the church, welcome him. Encourage him. God was teaching them to encourage all people. And the message there was encourage those who've messed up previously. When John Mark comes, encourage him and welcome him. There are other names on that list, but the message is the same. These are people that Paul was encouraging and they were encouraging to him. But he was sending them to the church to be an encouragement to the church but he was telling and challenging the church to be an encouragement to them. All different types of people, people from different backgrounds, people who'd made mistakes, baby Christians, encourages them themselves. God was teaching them and he teaches us today, be encouragers to all people, all types of people. Encourage all those God brings us in contact with. Encourage all people. But secondly, I think Paul and God teaches us that to encourage the church. You can't get away from the fact in Paul's writing that Paul is for the church. Paul loves the church. And why? We've seen it in this letter again because he says Christ is the head of the church. It's a body with Christ as its head. And therefore the church is something to be protected, loved and encouraged. The whole of this letter shows Paul's heart for the church in Colossae. He's encouraging the church. And we need to be the same. We need to be those who love the church, but we need to be encouragers of the church. Words from this passage again, from this uh, book, together you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. The goal in this church is to get everyone together over the line. And that might mean encouraging those who lag behind the times, building up the weaker, those new to faith, encouraging those who've been in the battle for a long time, who are tired and weary. Encourage the church. Run together. 
be mature over the line together. Encourage one another. Encourage the church. Can I say something that's also easier to say as a visiting speaker tonight as well? Look at verse 12. Paul speaks of Epaphras. And whilst we encourage our church, we need to encourage our leaders. Epaphras is mentioned in verse 12 there. We first saw him in chapter 1 of the book where Paul talks about the gospel. And he talks about how they first heard it from Epaphras. It's widely accepted that he was a Colossian man who himself had planted the church and had been a faithful minister to it. We don't know if he was still the minister at this time as he's with Paul when Paul is writing. But he's still pretty invested in the church. He's described in verse 12 as always wrestling in prayer for them. We need to encourage our leaders. We need to encourage them not because they're perfect or because they get everything right. Quite the opposite, actually. We need to encourage our leaders because they get things wrong now and again. And life is tough for them too. But they serve the church. Your leaders serve this church. They do what they believe is best before God and they wrestle in prayer for you. We need to be those who encourage the church, but we need to be those who encourage the leaders of the church. But Paul's heart is not just for the Colossian church. It's for the church bigger. In verse 15, he wants the Colossians uh, to greet the church that's in Laodicea and to a church that meets in the house of Nympha. Why does Paul ask them to do this? He can just send the greetings himself, can't he? And he does in other letters we've seen. But actually, Paul is more interested that the churches in the area are talking to each other, that the churches are encouraging one another. In verse 16 of this passage, he tells the Colossians, once they've finished with this letter, that they're to swap it with the Laodiceans church letter so that they can read theirs and you can read theirs and well, they can read each other's. They can swap it. We're not sure what the Laodicean letter is. Some think it's Ephesians, uh, which in itself was more of a circular mail, which might have ended up in Laodicea. Or maybe it's a lost letter. Whatever it was, Paul wanted them to exchange letters and read each other's. Why was that? Surely Paul was writing into particular situations that were going on in those churches. Why swap? Well, actually, that's exactly what Paul wanted them to do. Paul wanted them to know what was going on in each other's churches. Paul wanted them to be aware of the bigger picture that was going on. So that they could pray for the other churches. So that they could encourage the church. They could read each other's letters and see similarities uh, they could say, how Paul is talking about Christian living there, just like he's talking about what a Christian household looks like to us. Perhaps we can encourage each other in our mutual struggles and work through what it means to be a Christian at home and at work. They could see the differences. Aha, uh, Paul is talking to them about that, but not to us. Perhaps that's something they're struggling with and we're not. Perhaps we can help them in that area and encourage them in that area Paul 
wants them to encourage the church, the church that they're in, their leaders they have, but he wants them to encourage the church outside of themselves. That's what God says to us as well. He wants us to pray and encourage each other in our churches where he's put us and placed us for a reason. He wants us to encourage the leaders of that churches as they lead us in their wisdom or his wisdom. But he wants us to encourage the church outside ourselves, to remind us that we belong to something bigger, to remind us that he's working uh, elsewhere as well as us and to pray and encourage each other, encourage the church. And thirdly and finally, Paul wants them to encourage gospel ministry. The final name in this passage is Archippus. He's mentioned here and in the book of Philemon. And I believe we purposely don't know much about him. Other than this request that the church had given for him to fulfill the gospel ministry that Jesus Christ had given him. Some believe, some people think that Paul telling the believers for him to fill, fulfill his ministry is a way of them politely saying, get on with it. A rebuke of some sorts. Others believe it's an encouragement like which Paul gives Timothy in his letters. Be sober minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. In the context of the passage, I'm more likely to go with the second interpretation the church are encouraged to help him fulfill his ministry to stand with him alongside him to pray for him and encourage him in gospel ministry and even if Archippus has dropped the ball a little I think the response is the same perhaps he's been discouraged by a lack of results or he's just tired And I think the actions are the same. Go, put your arm around him. Share God's word with him. Encourage him in the Lord. Help him, encourage him to fulfill his ministry. The message for us, encourage gospel ministry. Encourage those who are serving Jesus Christ in whatever way. Doesn't mean we financially support every gospel endeavor. We have limited resources as the church and we have to use them wisely. But prayer costs nothing. Encouraging words cost nothing. And both can do wonderful things. Encourage gospel ministry. Paul tells them, encourage all peoples. Encourage the church. And encourage gospel ministry. And that's how he finishes his letter to the Colossians. So what do we do with this list of names and this ending? What do we do with this passage? Well, firstly, I think this passage reminds me and it reminds us all that we all need encouragement. We need reminding that we're not alone in this. In our walk with Jesus Christ, we can't do it by ourselves. We need the encouragement of brothers and sisters to run this race Sometimes we're to rejoice with each other. Sometimes we need people to mourn with. And sometimes we need people to drag us through the darkest times. As churches, we need each other. We need to share encouragement when, when things are good. 
to support each other in our common struggles and to be able to reach out for help in our darkest times. And gospel ministry, whatever it looks like, needs encouragement from the church. If you've been a Christian for five days or 50 years, wherever you're, whether you're a church of 10 or 1,000 people, whether you're a missionary responsible for an entire content, uh, continent's outreach, or whether you just want to tell your neighbor about Jesus Christ, we can't go it alone. We need encouragement. And therefore, we all need to be encouragers on this walk. We need each other. No man is an island. We can't go it alone. Churches need people. Missionaries need people. We need each other. We need to be encouragers and we need encouragement. Firstly. Secondly, can I say as an outsider, but a friendly one, hopefully, <laughs> that Long Crendon, you have a reputation for this. You have a reputation of being a church which is encouraging. <coughs> Over the years, you've encouraged each other. You've encouraged gospel ministry, both in the UK and across the world. And you've encouraged the church outside yourself. And I stand here this evening as a testimony to that. Buckingham Evangelical Church stands as a witness for Jesus Christ in Buckingham, I believe, for three main reasons. The grace of a wonderful God. Faithful saints who endured within that church. And thirdly, the support and encouragement of the wider church, predominantly Long Crendon. And we are so grateful for your partnership in the gospel. So as a church with a reputation as being encouragers, may I implore you as you've worked through this book of Colossians, never lose it. Fight for it. Make it a priority here as a body of believers, that you will be encouragers. Make that priority that that reputation is one that will continue. And if you ever see it waning, fight for it, that you will be those who encourage each other. When people from outside look in and say, what's special about the church? What do followers of Jesus Christ look for? for? They will see a church who encourages each other. They will see a church which encourages ministry in the UK and worldwide. Churches in Romania and South Africa and all over the world because this church will encourage us. Churches in other parts of the UK who stand by the grace of God, faithful members, but the encouragement of a church like this. Be encouragers, never lose it, fight for it. Make it a priority in amongst yourselves. Finally, I want to finish this series of yours where you began and where you started and remind ourselves that it's all about Jesus Christ. How can we human beings be encouragers? It's because Jesus Christ is. It's all about him. How can we encourage gospel ministry? How's that even possible? It's because God so loved this world that he gave his only son. God is an encourager of gospel ministry that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How can we be those who encourage the church? 
Well, because Jesus Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her. How can we encourage each other? Even though we have our own individual day-to-day struggles, how can we be encouragers of each other? Because this is how we know what love is. Not that we loved first, but he loved us and laid down his life for us so that we can do the same. We can be encouragers because Jesus Christ does. He loves us so much. He loves his people, his body. He loves the church. And God loves this world so much he sent his only son. We can encourage each other. We can encourage the church. We can encourage gospel ministry because it's all about Jesus Christ, the head. And we do it to the praise of his glorious name. Why not take a minute as we finish to reflect back on what God has been teaching you as you've worked through this wonderful book of Ephesians, uh, of Colossians. Focus on what he's been teaching you. Focus on how uh, he encourages us to be an encourager. Think about who you can encourage this week in this church. How you can be an encouragement to this church. How you can be an encouragement to gospel ministry. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that your call on our lives is to stand and be followers of Jesus Christ. We thank you that all that is possible because of our Savior, because it's all about him. He who is before all things and is above all things. He who died and rose again and who reigns forevermore. And we thank you for our King of kings and our Lord of lords. And we thank you for what you've been teaching us through this great book. And we thank you that you've been speaking to us tonight. Thank you that your call is for us to encourage each other, to be like our Savior. Help us be those who encourage our brothers and sisters. Help us be those to be a witness to the world by our love for one another. Let us be encouragers in this church. I thank you for it. Let us be those who look after and care for our leaders because you've put them there for us. Let us be those who encourage the big picture of the gospel that spreads across our land. Help us to encourage other churches. We thank you. I thank you for the faithful encouragement of this church and pray they will never lose uh, that encouraging spirit that they've shown us in Buckingham. And I pray that you would encourage us to be encouragers to those who take your gospel, wherever that is. Father, we know we can't do this alone. And my Father, we thank you that that was never your expectation, that you give us each other to build each other up and encourage each other in Jesus Christ. And we thank you and praise you for his example. And we pray to his glorious name. Amen.